This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to another book episode. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. I'm Sensei Tracy. I'm Sensei Jim. And I'm Landon. And Landon is joining us today, although he is not part of the book correspondence. The book crew. Oh, <laughs> because we are not going to get a lot of Landon in October, and we're sad by this. Yes. So we're stealing every minute of him that we can. So, you know what, Sensei Jim? Tell us what our book is. Our book is called Autumn Lightning, The Education of an American Samurai. It is by Dave Lowry. And we have thoughts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like our movie review. Yes, which wasn't long ago. Although we've done more than one. All right, back on track. Landon's going to start us out by talking a little bit about Dave Lowry. Us, the author, Dave Lowry, not the Canadian ice hockey player, Dave Lowry, the <laughs> author. I had to specify that in the Google search. Dave Lowry is a writer that's really best known for his martial arts writing. He's also done some books about food. And Sensei Jim said that he read a book about sushi. Yes. And the origin of sushi. Etiquette. Interesting. And says here that he holds a degree in English. And mainly his topics are about Budo. But we also hear that he's a food critic as his side hustle or maybe his real hustle. I don't know. Um, Everything's a side hustle today. (laughs) Uh, So he's quite the interesting guy. And I believe, Sensei Tracy, you have a little bit of a connection with him because you also do a lot with food and critiquing. Yes, um, I've done food writing for a while, and I've looked up his food writing when I visited St. Louis so that I can can know where to eat in that city. And if you're visiting there, you should definitely look him up. And his name is spelled D-A-V-E-L-O-W-R-Y. And I'm going to turn the pages of this real quick and say, when did when did he publish this? 1985. Okay, so this is a 1985. So that's really back there yes, nowadays. Yes. I can't believe 1985 is the old days. I'm a little heartbroken <laughs> by this. That's almost 40 years ago. Stop. For me, that was the no days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We always start this out with our dislikes because we like to get our boohoo stuff out of the way early on. Am I correct? That is yes. correct. Yes, Who's got the most dislikes? I only have a very small dislike because I like the book, but the author calls himself an American samurai. And when he published this book, whether it was A Useful Innocence in 1985, I thought that was the the opposite of understatement to call yourself the American samurai, because I don't think he had lived quite long enough to have had that title. Oh, Jackie went down that judgment lane. I love when she does that. She hardly ever does that. Way to go, woman. I'm air high-fiving her across the table. (laughs) Definitely. Or we could do the raise the roof. All right. I'll do a short one. I was a little offended at the constant use of the term boys. In ter- in terms of training, yes. instead of humans, people, yes. But you know, I take that kind of stuff a little personal. Being a female in martial arts for a very long time, yes. All right. For me, now with our current sensibilities, the usage of what we call an English pigeon, the way the sensei and the sensei's wife spoke, is very politically incorrect now. But for the times, you know, you when you know better, do better. 
I agree. That it, I did notice that in this okay. book. It showed the, the time it was written, correct? Yes. So this book is written in a weird way. He kind of jumps between time slots. He talks about his time in training 70s. in his small city. Do you know which one it was? I believe it was Springfield, Missouri, since Thank you. And then also at the beginning of the Rue, he was studying. And that Rue was called Shinkagi. That's what I thought. Shinkagi Rue. Shinkagi Shinkage Ru Kenjutsu is what it says online. Kenjutsu, sword. So yes. it um, was off-putting at first to me to go right, back and forth. The way he did that, like he would write a little bit about his personal training with his sensei. It was amazing that he found this sensei in the middle of nowhere, basically, in the middle of Missouri. Um, <laughs> the way he went back to that training, and then he would go back to try to give us a history of the actual Ru that his sensei was from. It got a little difficult keeping up with all the... The back lineage and, and the back and forth and then going back and forth. So I think he could have actually done two books here. Or possibly two halves. Two halves, yeah. Right? He no, could have told his story and then given background or vice versa. Right. Yes. And actually, I believe it's probably broken up into about two-thirds is the history and about one-third is actually the training with his sensei. Oh. And I wish there had been more of the actual stories of his training. That's I, my I, only criticism. I agree with I you, sensei. Sensei Jim. And I, I'll tell you what I really wanted to know. What did his family think? Right. He didn't, you know, uh, talk at all really about his dad or his mom or mm -hmm. what was going on in his home. Because if my child is every day going and learning sword, I must think something right. is going That's on. That's a really good point. Right. Well, he talked about the bruises that he constantly had. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Trying to hide the bruises or hoping that no one would say, where did you get all those bruises? And then there was one other part where he mentioned... Uh, I think a ritual that he did not want his parents to think he was doing some kind of bizarre ritual. So right. he, he he implies that he censored himself in what he actually mm. said to his parents. I agree. Yeah. I, also, I got that yeah, same feeling. Yeah. He also spoke about the upheaval of the times in the late 60s of the Vietnam yeah. War going on and all the pressures on him, you know, the, the hippies and all this and how he kind of just kind of hid from that with this training. Maybe not hiding is the right word, but. Distracted. Distracted by his training. And I got the feeling that he floated through it. Mm -hmm. Like he knew it was going on, right, right. but his mind was so focused on his sensei and, and learning swordsmanship that he, he just wasn't really a part of that part of America, which most everybody who lived during that yeah. time certainly was. It's more like he was observing it, but not participating. But exactly. he was a young teen at the time. Yes. Let's say that. Right. He was more in the line of 13 to 17 than he was in line of 16 to 20 years old okay. at right. that time. At that time, right. you're right. So that, that changes everything because there could be some people at this table that were also in that same age range in that same decade. Definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore you would know about it, but that wasn't really your peer group, right. what they were doing. Right. right. All right. We've we've trashed you enough, Mr. Lowry. And it's not because we didn't like your book, because we did. We did. We oh, yes. You, you had a lot of really quotable and memorable advice for people who train, which is everyone at this table. Right. Yes. That's right. So with that, we'll segue to what we did like, what we did like about the book. You start us out on this, Quincy Jim. What we did like? Yes. I love this book overall. And there is a passage in this book where Dave comes to his sensei for training and he finds his sensei training with his sensei's wife in their dojo. He had no idea that the wife was a martial artist. And she was using uh, Naginata, who wouldn't Naginata, and he was using the Vulcan. And he said it was amazing. If I could, I'll just read a short passage. 
Sure. At the end, her face flushed and her shoulders heaved, but through the whole performance, Kairu's eyes never changed. They were blacker than ever, deep and expressionless, a haughty, self-confident <laughs> contemplation polished to a cold luster by a hundred generations of samurai breeding. When they finished the practice, she bowed and left, and I, who believed that the bujutsu were the sole possession of the masculine bugeisha, learned that day that bushi damashi, the spirit of the warrior, was not a quality engendered by sex. I think it's awesome that um, Sensei Jim picked up the one that we should have probably picked up about girls in karate. Thank you for doing that for us. That is awesome. And that was a good part. I remember it well. And here we also all love Naginata. Yeah, we do. Big fans. Okay, where are we headed? Well, I can talk about what one of the things that I liked about the book was I think Mr. Lowry's writing style is beautiful. He's very vivid and descriptive and there's a really beautiful sense of place. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think he really did make a strong effort at letting us really understand what it means to be a samurai and and to, Mm -hmm. to pursue the martial arts as a traditional person in Japan would have pursued them, which is something we don't see so much anymore. I agree with that. Yeah. I think one of the things you can take away from these episodes is we are big proponents of doing something that takes some time and investing it that time into it like reading right like yes. reading a book as opposed to just scrolling which mm-hmm. we all also do right yes or right videos and- yes so this book is a good starting place if you're looking for something yeah absolutely okay that puts you up i think that over and over in this book he talks about if you want to be something it has to come from the inside of you that only through repetition and practice will you become. And it's such a great reminder for all of us that if we just keep doing, that we will become something better than we were the day before, the week before, and that the future holds great promise for all of us. I think that you use the phrase, Sensei, you already are great, but there is so much more greatness within you. And I think that that is what, what I, I got from this book, that no matter what, you are going to become something great if you just keep going. I agree. I love that. I agree. How, how about from your perspective, Landon? I agree with what Sensei Jackie said, because as a student in your dojo, that's something that we hear all the time, especially when it comes to competitions, is that you don't need to compare yourself to other people. It is about you and your confidence. And I'm very interested that that theme was mentioned in the book. And has been around for centuries. There's not anything new. Okay, I'm going to take it home and I'm going to steal a twofer. I have to say that I like the artwork in the book. I enjoyed everything from the tsubas, which are the guards on a katana or a samurai sword, to the calligraphy, to the old pictures that he put in. Yes, I really yes. enjoyed yes. looking yes. at them. I hope that doesn't speak to you know my immaturity too badly. <laughs> that that's one of the ones I took. But hey, we other, all love picture books, don't we? I'm telling <laughs> you. But the other one I, re- I took out is I liked when at the very end of the book, he described why he called it Autumn Lightning. Us, uh, us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And what he said was autumn lightning in his area of the world mm. is a thing out of place. Mm. 
Yes. And so I think that he's referring to that was himself when he first started, but it became part of who he was. But I love the term autumn lightning as a thing out of place. I think it's it's a poetic. Beautiful. Right. Definitely. And and almost a wabi sabi. Okay. Uh, we did an episode on that. I think that's it, Tracy. You were on that episode. Yes, I was. I was. I was and you know what? Um, Landon, I wonder if this is a good time to remind people how to get in touch with us. Do you think it is? I think so, Sensei. Okay, go. You can contact us all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at Wildcat Dojo. Ad.com, that's our website. Wildcat Dojo Conversations on Instagram. And send us an email. Dojo Conversations at AOL.com. If we were way more tech savvy, we would have made Dojo Conversations the name of our Instagram page. So we at least had two matching. I think somebody has it. Oh, do I we think look? I remember us looking and it was gone. I don't remember, but I'm just saying uh, we're not tech savvy people. So just deal with it. <laughs> find us somewhere. We're not hard to find on the web these days. We're out there. And, and somebody asked the other day, oh, are you on Spotify? Yes. We're on Spotify, we're on podcasts, we're on YouTube, we're all over the place. Yes, and we come up. If you type in Wildcat Dojo, all is one word, we're either the first, second, or third thing that comes up after the ads. So we are right there for you. And we would like for you to volunteer to be a guest. We love new guests, and we love our old guests. So there you go, guys. Get in touch with us. Did you read this book? Tell us all about it. We, of course, have to finish with what quote we took away. And this was hard because yes, there were a was. few. We, we were battling beforehand as to which ones we should put in and put out. And I think, since Jackie, you're starting this one. Yes. And my quote is not directly from this book. It's from another, but it's mentioned in this book. She went complex. I did. <laughs> and it's about Shibumi. Or if there's another way to say that word, please tell us. Shibumi, shibume, shibumi is a Japanese concept. And it has to do with great refinement, underlying commonplace appearances. It is a statement so correct that it does not have to be bold. So poignant, it does not have to be pretty. So true, it does not have to be real. Shibumi is understanding rather than knowledge. That's a good one. Us. Well, as hard of an act as that is to follow, follow we must. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll say, I'm pretty sure that none of us is in danger of saying something that is exactly Shibumi (laughs) in the next two years of our lives. But hey, it could happen. (laughs) We never know. That's right. One can hope. If so, it'll probably be recorded on this podcast. Us. Okay, Sensei Tracy, where are we headed? All right. So my quote is, the real conflicts of existence come within oneself, in the soul and the psyche of a man as he grapples with his own mortality and morality in the dark corners of his self that no opponent could ever reach. Yes. (laughs) Again, you know, we're speechless with the intensity and the directness of of those words. It's commonplace knowledge if you train that your biggest opponent is yourself. Yes. Yes. And that worrying about yourself during uh, conflict is your biggest distraction to winning. Mm. It is your ticket to death. 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd say it that way. But, the one-way ticket. One that way is ticket, exactly yeah. what's going on. No distractions. Yeah. And that should be how we live, but it's very difficult to do that. It uh, is, right? Yeah. And can I add that I in my research of Dave Lowry, because I didn't read the book, but wanted to learn a little bit more about him. He has a lot of articles on Black Belt Magazine. And one here about if you are training in karate, should you go to Japan? Read through that. And I think it ties into what we're talking about. What was his takeaway? He said that, no, you don't need to directly go to uh, Japan to train for technical training, he said. But that there is a lot that you can take away from there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the race the roof again. Thank yeah. you, Dave. Because that's <laughs> an expensive trip. Yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for saving some money. Exactly. Yeah. Although any of us would love to travel when and if the time were right. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Okay, Sensei. Well, my quote relates to how Japanese and Americans kind of see each other or how they see tradition. Uh, it goes, the Americans say of the Japanese that we worship our ancestors. I suppose in a way we do, but differently from worship, we believe we are part of our ancestors. If we do or do not do a thing, it is influenced by how we believe our ancestors would view it. Hmm. Can I just say, I don't think that's solely a Japanese cultural concept. I know personally, I carry my, my parents with me mm-hmm. and right. through them, their parents you know, in their stories, in my memories, just in every part of my being. Sometimes when I'm going to do something or I've done something, I'll think, what would my parents say if they were seeing this? Yes. You know, their view is, is still yes. important to me. Right. So I don't think that is strictly a Japanese cultural thing. But I do think, boy, it's, um. can I go with beautiful? Yes. yes. Yeah, of course. Right. Anybody want to add? We are part of our ancestors, and our ancestors are part of us. And that is that beautiful uh, kind of like the children's toy when you pull up both ends. Yes. So that this is who we're becoming. And passing to the generations after us. We hope. And goes from there, from family to karate, right? We are passing the karate on to the generations that come after us and, and really in a fingers crossed mode that, the goodness that it brings continues yes. long after we're gone. Yes. yes. So one thing I'd like to add about the book in general is uh, it was the education of an American samurai. And as Landon found out in his research, uh, Dave Lowry did become a sensei. He continued with this Rue and apparently he was still teaching up until just very recently, if not still teaching. As far as we know, he's still running a dojo mm-hmm. in Shinkagi Rue. Mm-hmm. In the St. Louis area. It's got to be 40 years since he started, at in least. 1968, it says he started. Okay. 78, 88. A long time. A long time. <laughs> he almost beat you, Sensei. Uh, he did beat me. Okay, guys. I'm going to take it home because mine is a little bit in relation to yours, isn't it, Sensei Jim? Mm-hmm. It's in the same chapter. And what my quote talks about is how his Sensei is trying to explain to him the term eternal antique. And so... Here's what they say. We keep the Rue tradition alive for another reason than fighting, because it is like an antique that is living. Because we have the Rue, we have something of the past. We can depend on it. All the Bugatia in the old days, they are just like us. Same problems they loved and hated, just like we do. 
since they went before, they are an example for us. We must never forget that we are part of them. What Sensei was explaining to me was Nakaima, the eternal present, the timelessness that links the classical martial artist with those who have preceded him. Wow. I know, heavy duty, right? (laughs) But it, it does bring it all together, doesn't it? Yes, it's heavy duty, but it's also everyday things too. So I think it's kind of that whole dichotomy of everything being put together. Also, I love the idea of thinking of people who came before us having the same everyday boring problems that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Because they do and did. Mm-hmm. And yes. as will they, as time goes by, right? Absolutely. Us. So that's so cool to me. All right. Our, our overall take on this book, you know, from uh, Landon, from somebody who listened to our review, but didn't read the book yet, would you say now is your curiosity sparked? Seeing the size of the book, I'm a little bit more intrigued because it's a little bit smaller than I thought. Um, But yes, it seems like a very interesting book. I think there's only 150 pages, 160 pages of of text. But you know what Sensei Jim brought up earlier that we really liked was? The glossary. Thank you. The word slipped out. The glossary is magnificent. He obviously had done a lot of research. (laughs) I'm giving it two thumbs up. I, I recommend it. Oh, so me too, Sensei. Two thumbs up. Me three. Me four. Awesome. Awesome. We're all in agreement. Now, we are not always in agreement. No. <laughs> Correct. Let's see. Where do we have to go from here? Oh, Honor Athletics, Athletics of, of course. course. They may not sell books, but they sell the things that they were talking about in the book. And she might sell books I for all we does. know. She yeah. really. She used to. Yeah. Well, so, I stand corrected. We'll let you know. Oh, no. You let us know whether Cynthia does or does not sell books. And if you want a copy of this book, you can get in touch with us. And we will be glad to share our copies with you, right? Us. Right. Or you can get it off of Kindle. Which is where you got it. Yes. And that's easy to do. And portable. Yes. So you can us. take it with you really easily and read. So back to Honor Athletics because I've really lost the thread. <laughs> <laughs> How can you get in touch with her? Go ahead. Well, you can certainly go on the web to honor-athletics.com or look in our show notes down below and click the link. That's a good idea. Or you can give them a call at 770-945-5150. And don't forget to mention us for your 10% discount. Thanks to everybody who listens. Thanks to everybody who shops with her. And of course, thanks, Cynthia. Okay, we're going to call it. I've so enjoyed this episode. Us. Went so fast. It did go really fast. It did go fast. Yes. Okay. Start us out, Mr. Gonna Be Out All October. It was fun to join you guys, but I'll try and make some appearances. In October. Us. Yay. Yeah, it was great to be here. I look forward to the next time. I'm looking forward to the next book. As am I. Thank you all for having me. Totally enjoyed it. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks, guys. On that note, we are totally going to sign out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.